Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as they discuss all things womenhood, motherhood, and small business. On today's episode, we have Sarah Witt of House of 423. It's a clothing company out of Illinois. And we're super excited for you to hear her story. We talk all about how she started her business with just 15 pieces. And now a few years later, she has a whole brick and mortar full of beautiful clothing. You can find Sarah on Instagram at house period of period 423, as well as online at houseof423.com. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Small Business Sisters. I'm Jenny. And I'm Christina. And we're so excited to have our first guest of 2022 today, Sarah from House of 423. Hi, Sarah. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. We're so excited. Thanks for being on. So I thought we could get started. Um, We like to hear from our other shop owners, kind of how you started your business. And was that always the plan? Did it kind of like come to be and that kind of thing? So tell us a little bit about your journey with House of 423. So I have always loved fashion and I was always kind of the go-to friend when asking for fashion advice, but I never did anything with it. Um, I think my dream forever was to be like a personal shopper or a buyer at Nordstrom's, but that never happened. I got a corporate job in um, medical sales. So I did medical sales. I sold into hospitals for 10 plus years. And then my last two years um, in corporate America was software sales to hospitals. Wow. I did not know that about you. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you ever miss that or no? (laughs) No. I make money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did, did you watch friends growing up? Like, yeah. Did that influence you wanting to be a personal shopper for Nordstrom? Um, (laughs) No, I just, no, I'm not, I'm not like a friend's junkie. So when people are like, oh, remember the episode? I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well then never mind. Cause I instantly <laughs> went to Rachel green and her being a, a fashion merchandising. Yeah. I don't even know her job title, fashion merchandising something. Anyways, yeah. that's really cool. So you went from corporate now let's hear like, okay, so you're starting your own business. What is that? Yeah. Like? So, um, I stopped working once I had my daughter, so she's going to be eight next week. Um, and about two, three years ago, I was going through a divorce and just had to pivot and try to get back into corporate America. My goal was to work for Mayo clinic. And so I kept making it to the final interview and not getting it. And I was like, okay, this just is not, this isn't meant to be like, I need to be here for Hadley because I knew I would be traveling, traveling a lot. So, Mm -hmm. um, So I kind of was just like, I'm not, my heart was not in it. I was kind of doing it more for my parents because they're like, you need a 401k, you need health insurance, you need to make a lot of money, you know, this stuff, how, how our parents grew up, you know, that was like ingrained in me. Right. So, um, 
Hadley took dance next to Wickwood House, which is a small boutique in Aurora. If you guys don't know about that. Um, so every Saturday after dance, we would go to Wickwood House and I became friends with Shannon, the owner, and would talk to her about how fun this looks and how I would love to try it. But I just was, I don't know, I didn't have um, the confidence and it took a while. It was about a year after our first conversation where I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. When you talk about the pressure of the security piece that we've learned generationally, like we're really the first generation of a lot of females that are like, okay, I can do this. And I think there is that, um, I mean, an an added element of being divorced, you're the primary financial person of your house, um, that I understand why it took you a year because you, that's, that's a very, very scary place to be in. And you are entering, not only entering into a domain you don't know yet, but a domain that takes a while to get off the ground and be in a place. Um, so I am in awe right now that you did that. And I, I mean, just that is going to speak to so many people of that security piece of feeling secure in what you're doing and knowing you might not be loving it, but it's secure. And like, what does that look like? That tension? No, (laughs) like and (laughs) some of my best friends still work for the company I worked for, for 10 years. And Mm -hmm. When we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I made the right decision. Yeah. So. And you're really okay. good at I'm glad you made that decision too. <laughs> you're really good at it. Yeah. So, okay. And I think that speaks to Shannon too. And just having a community and yeah. how like the world kind of aligns all these paths that come about that you could lean into. Okay. There's another female business owner that started from the ground up and Mm -hmm. kind of lean into that support um, and work together. I think that's why we do the podcast too, just to show that we're not alone and we're all Mm -hmm. figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So how did, okay. So you started talking to Shannon and feeling like, uh, yes, I could do this. So then what was the next step? You know, it's so funny because right before we got on, I looked at my calendar. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been almost two years. since. (gasps) You know what I call that? (laughs) <laughs> that is magical right there. <laughs> it is because I'm here with you. Like who the yes. not like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's so magical because I mean, Wickwood house is part of my story too. Sure. So we kind of, we kind of like, yeah, you can't see me cause you guys are listening, but we like passed each other in Wickwood house. Yep. That's how I started too. So, yeah. So, which is, which is even greater. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to have so many, women entrepreneurs there to be able to talk to. And mm-hmm. you know, it's hard and it's hard to keep up the confidence to think like, I'm not an imposter. And I go through that a ton. We can talk about that later. Like, but yeah, so it's been almost two years since I launched, um, my curated line, um, at their first Fridays. Yes. And I remember I- when you did that. And it was so fun. I kind of just went in blind. I thought it was going to be in March. And she's like, no, it's February. So <laughs> I, I, I okay, so, so tell those of us like me that don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> you, I know what first Friday is. So that's in their, their downtown area. But you, you said something before that you launched what? 
my, my curated line of clothing. Curated line. Thank you. I was like, you, I didn't hear house of four, two, three. So I was like, what did you launch? Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. So tell everybody how you named house of four, two, three. So four twenty three is my birthday. And then when I was going through my divorce, I had to get a new phone number and, um, the prefix is four, two, three. And then when, Magical. yeah, <laughs> but this is the kicker. This is like magical. So we were looking at houses and I didn't know the address. I just moved a couple houses down from where I originally lived. And we walked up and we looked up and I was like, four, two, three. And like got tears in my eyes. I have chills for you. Do you want to know even a magical part of that story that I don't know that, you know, that, that house, we were also looking for a house at that time. And that one we were going to go see, but it had gotten, you must've placed an offer like the first day. day Yes. And it was off the market and we're like, well, we can't get that one. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So it just seemed so appropriate and it's, I don't know. I believe in like universe things connecting and weird stuff happening on purpose, you know? Yeah. I love that. So did you decide, okay, so you wanted to do a curated line of clothes where you wanted to just pick each thing, right? Pause. What is a curated line of clothes? that, (laughs) That means I'm picking everything for my branding. Okay. So like at Wickwood house, there were numerous artisans and there were a couple there was one other clothing line. So she curated her line, which meant she picked all the items that went okay. under her branding. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. So you curate curating just means you are like hand picking what's in it. So you okay, curate yeah. your shirts. Yeah. Yes. No, that yeah. makes sense. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing like something, something <laughs> yeah. special. No, it okay. sounds like a bigger word than it really is. It does. It sounds <laughs> yeah. fancy way of, yes. yeah. Okay. So you do this first market, you rush into this first market mm-hmm. and what happens? Well, it was amazing. It was so great. The support was so just overwhelming. And then the world shut down like eight days later. Yeah. So this yeah. is, this is February of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm Similar yeah. story with my brother. Uh, but what I loved about watching you, Sarah, is so yes, you had your first collection. Um, and if I remember it correctly, you had like, there was, I'd, forgive me if I'm using the wrong terms for clothes, but it was kind of floral and feminine, right? Yeah. So like everything kind of went together. So yeah. kind of like it could be time capsule yep. or like you could get pieces of yep. all of it and it would all work. And then people loved it and kind of sold out like that first show, right? And then, and then the world shut down, but then I watched you pivot and again, magical how the name house is in your name. Cause then what did you do? So then I started, well, I had to teach myself how to use Instagram (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny because I, rem- I can still remember what I had on. And the first time that I did a video to like show outfits and it was like, you're just in your head. Now I don't even care. I just say whatever. But, um, so I, so I was like, okay, how am I going to make this work? I didn't have a website. I didn't know how to sell on Instagram. So it was like, you can DM me or you can have a private shopping party at my house with your friends. And you, that's what I, cause I remember coming to your house and it just kind of worked out that you had that whole like beautiful back 
area to your house where kind of was separate from your house. So you could do this private shopping party and you set it up like a shop. And so what were those parties like? They were really fun. It seems like it was so long ago, but it was really nice to get, you know, because you weren't hanging out with anybody. We weren't going anywhere. So it was almost like the good old days of going shopping with your girlfriends at the mall. You know, I had wine and everyone would hang out and it just, it felt really nice. One of the things I was just talking to my husband about was owning a business right before COVID and then through COVID um, was terrible in so (laughs) many ways. Um, But at the same time, I think that it saved me during COVID because I am somebody that needs people and craves people and craves that time. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> I don't, I don't crave people. Sorry guys. <laughs> Sorry. But so I, I think back of like, you know, my husband was fine being home all the time, but because wildflower was still open, I still had those pockets of time with people. And I really don't know what it would have been like for me emotionally had I not had that outlet. So I do, while it was awful making all of those business decisions and stuff during that time, I, I honestly think it, it may have saved me emotionally during that time period. I get it. I think it did for me as well, especially after going through a really tough divorce and becoming, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a hundred percent single parent. Mm -hmm. Um, and you do awesome. And that was right out to all the single parents. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, you said three years ago you got divorced. So that was pretty recent when it came to COVID. So mm-hmm. yeah. So for you having this outlet where girlfriends come to you and while like, of course they probably love you and want to hang out with you. It was an extra bonus that they got to shop and do fun things while they were with you. Yeah, it was, it was fun. And you know, some of the parties would just be like six people. There were a couple of them that were like 20 something in my house you know, it's, I had a, I have a sunroom, so I would open up the doors and have like a tent in the back. And oh, I fun. love it. Now, how did you get them to leave? <laughs> um, well, I did like put on the an ending and end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like, I feel like you really tapped into a, a niche that wasn't really there because it wasn't like you were planning these parties and inviting people. It was like, people contacted you and said, okay, can I have my friends come with me. And so then it wasn't like you had to host, I'm guessing, which is kind of nice. It was like they were doing their party and shopping. Yeah. I mean, I did in a way like I would pr- provide wine mm-hmm. because, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't shopping? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, um, yeah, I would provide wine and I had partnered with a wine company, my friend's sister's company. So I, I had bought like cases of her wine and gave them That's a awesome for their wine. That's awesome. I guess I mean like you didn't have I would feel like I had to entertain and I guess you didn't really have to like entertain them because they all knew each other. Yeah, it was so nice. that is like a really cool element yeah. that you tapped into. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you go ahead. I was going to say let's talk about stocking for those parties. So what did that look like? you know, it was a huge learning curve. Okay. Uh, Tell us what you learned. I definitely know, you know, I work with Miranda, 
You both mm-hmm. are right marketing for the uninhibited. <laughs> um, and, you know, getting to know, trying to figure out your target audience, I think is the hardest thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you're starting. Um, and I knew I wanted to stay true to who I was and what I like. It's not for everybody, right? But I definitely know with different groups of friends and people who are going to shop with me, what they like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's super helpful. Um, but it's hard because you have to buy stuff, especially now so far in advance on what shipping delays and stuff like that. So yeah. I was going to ask like how far in advance do you usually buy for I a season? Doing, yeah. I mean, I should be doing it a season ahead, which I, okay. I have already gotten summer stuff in. So I'm kind of trying to do that more now. It's just really, it's hard when, when you're, it's, it's just me, you know, I don't yeah. help me financially. So yeah, let's go back to, um, Hadley and being a single, cause what I really like watching, well, first of all, Hadley is adorable and like the perfect assistant for your clothing <laughs> line, but what are some ways that you have found to bring Hadley along in your business? Like not, not just like, Hey, Hadley comes sit here, but you really include her in a lot, like mm-hmm. her outfit of the days <laughs> and think like how, ha- as a single mom, how have you found ways to really make that work for your family? So I really try to bring value in her time at the shop. She does bring an iPad, which she rarely ever uses, or she'll bring stuff to color, which she'll do once she does it sometimes, but she's learned to man the checkout and I will get kicked out because she wants to do it herself. She knows how to wrap everything, check you out, tells you to tap or insert the card, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) She'll check on you in the dressing room. I just think she's, I'm teaching her really, really invaluable lessons. Mm -hmm. I agree on how to connect with people. And I think that's one of my strong suits is connecting with people and I can do it through words and as a friend, but I think I'm really good at it through fashion and, you know, helping you figure out what's good on your body and putting you out of your comfort zone. So yeah, she, let's talk. You know, oh yeah. Okay. Keep going. You know, she's, <laughs> she's learned all of those things and she's also, she's also learning fashion, which she loves just as much. So yeah, you can really tell she loves it. I love seeing her pop up on your stories and things like that. That's I, Christine and I talk about a lot that as small business owners, it does feel like a lot of work. You are in control of your schedule, but it also, like you said, you're doing it all, especially from the beginning. And I think instead of looking at it, like our kids think, oh, my mom's always working. I think it's good for them to see you can really take ownership of something and create something really big and beautiful. And like you did it. And I think that's good for our kids to be a part of that. So I think you're doing a good job. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I love that. And I think Christina would love this too about the body type thing, like how you bring that in to your clothing line and how you show it in different body types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think for me, I was always, I'm not saying that I'm not fit, but I was always, you know, really into, you know, working out and being really fit. And I was always curvy, but you know, a lot thinner than I am now. And life happens, life happens. And you can still feel beautiful Mm -hmm. if you're not a size zero because not everybody is. So 
I really, and it's hard for me because I struggle with it, but me showing, um, on my Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, you see that we tried it. We haven't been doing it much, but we haven't been open. We just reopened, but we like to do, um, the same outfit with different body types. And that has been the biggest, um, probably the best feedback I've gotten from people that I don't know, um, because I am so curvy. And then we have a girl that helps us out. That's tall and athletic. Mm-hmm. And then my sister is kind of in between there. So if it's not myself and somebody else doing it, it's the three of us. So you can really see how something is going to fit. It's mm-hmm. really hard to just shop from a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time doing it now just because I don't really know what size I am, you know? Yeah. And everything runs so differently. Yeah. Yeah. I love that element. Um, I've shared this a a little bit on the podcast, but more so on my business page of like the reason why I make shirts the way I do that look good on everybody is because I've struggled with an eating disorder. And so you, when you have that perspective of, um, I, I need in my mind so bad to know that my body is, uh, worth it no matter what, like those elements are really important to brands. And so I do, I identify with that. And I love that you do that. Thank you. Yeah. I, and you know, I really, I struggle with it a lot, but I want to teach Hadley that it doesn't doesn't matter, you know, Mm -hmm. matters as you're strong and you can feel good. Yeah. I just read an article actually about, um, uh, Encanto Mm -hmm. and how they bought all Disney, uh, bought and is Mark trying to market all of this Isabella. I read this too. Everybody is loving Louisa and the fact that she's strong and like, um, holds a lot in her heart and is struggling, like showing emotion and all this stuff. And I love that so Mm -hmm. much. I'm like, we've never given, our kids, cause even I have three boys, but they're also, they're not in the girl position of feeling that, but like just from a boy perspective of seeing a girl that's strong and, you know, trying to process through emotion. Cause they're taught girls can handle their emotions and their, you know, all this stuff that has been like, we've never given our kids an opportunity to see something on screen like that. And so I love that for our kids. I love it so much. I agree. And they notice little girls notice that. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it's great. Um, okay. So uh, as far as stocking goes, like how, when did you get, cause you're two years in. So I want somebody who is like, first of all, afraid to step out right now. Maybe there's a single mom listening. That's like, I can't do it. And they're hearing your story. Your number one step was, was doing it. Like you yeah. did it, but like, did that involve, like a lot of purchase up front. Did that, was that just a little at a time? Like how did that grow and develop? So it started out small because it was just, I just did like a little collection for Mm -hmm. that event. Mm -hmm. And I think I maybe had, I'm going to guess 15 pieces. Okay. I would guess about that. Okay. And Um, like in every size or was it like 15 separate pieces. No, um, 15 separate pieces. Okay. And sizing is hard. I get asked this a lot, um, because I really do want to be inclusive. Uh It's very difficult in how clothing is sold. So you can't pick what sizes you want to get. Right. Whatever 
they're going to send you that pack. Yes. You know what you're supposed to. Yes. Okay. So you've been open two years. Mm -hmm. And so do you think you have a hang of like what your people are liking, like what sizes are, are most selling? Like, do you have a feel on that yet? Or are you still kind of figuring that out? I think I do for the most part. Um, but I think it like ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And you guys have like actual seasons there. Like, I feel like that's what's different here is our boutiques really only buy for two seasons mm-hmm. because we don't, we don't have all of the extra, um, extra long of all the seasons. So that has to throw a wrench into your plans too. Yeah. I feel like that would be a lot easier, honestly, to have it's two really seasons. Hard. Yeah. Cause like this, this, it, the season we're in right now, it's winter, but people are wanting it to be spring. They're over buying winter stuff. Right. right. But I'm not going to stock spring Pink stuff tops. because it's yeah. 10 degrees out. Yeah. So it's like, it's really, really, it's a, and this is my first February being in a brick and mortar. So uh-huh. yeah, we, we missed that part of the story. So you were doing it in your house. <laughs> I, sorry, listeners. <laughs> Okay. So, all right. We're through the pandemic. Well, no, we're not through the pandemic, but like that shutdown part. And then tell us about how your brick and mortar came to be. So I ended up doing a pop-up at the Batavia boardwalks when Jenny was there for the first year. That was so, um, so I did a pop-up there for a weekend and it was just, I was shocked at how busy it was and how well I did. I was like, this is like, okay, all right. I don't know what to do now. Um, and I was still at Wickwood house at the time and was just kind of feeling like I wanted more. Um, I never intended in having a shop, honestly, that was not, that was not a goal when I started. And I think probably because it felt too far out of reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so come a year later, um, Jamie Sam, who was running the boardwalk shop at the time, reached out to me and said, Shout out, Jamie. I know, <laughs> I know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without her. Um, reached out and said, Hey, there's a little space available in downtown Batavia. Like, are you, are you ready to open your own space? And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I literally had just told Miranda, I think our, our month before our marketing meeting, like, I think I want to shop. Yeah. It's crazy how like, once That's you awesome. there. so my shop opened April 23rd, 423 of last year. Oh, magical. Yeah. So that was my grand opening. And for those of you who are just listening and, and haven't been to the shop, my shop was not a storefront. There was a baby shop in front of me who had the storefront and she had put up a wall during COVID because she was also a photographer. So the space that I took was a photography studio before. So while it wasn't like ideal, it was nice because women who came into shop for their kids Mm -hmm. be like, Oh my gosh, there's a women's shop for me. So it was really a good match. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was April of last year. And then 
towards the end of summer, I just kept saying, I really want a storefront. I really want a storefront. Like, I don't know. I need more space. I want a storefront. And the shop in front of me, she was like, Hey, if I close, do you want the storefront? I just said, that's amazing. That same day I had a friend come in. I was like, I want the, I want a storefront so bad. I really want the storefront. And literally six hours later, she texts me, Hey, if I close, do you want the storefront? Oh my goodness. It's all so that's what you've you. been doing the last few weeks mm-hmm. or month. You were like rehabbing right. it to make it all one big store. And you just so cool. had your grand reopening. It yeah. looks beautiful. Thank you. So you are now at a stage where you can stock a full store. Yes. So I feel like that just speaks volumes to anybody listening whether you're a single mom, mm-hmm. whether you're, you know, maybe older and are saying like, oh, it's too late in life or, um, I mean, any excuse you have, like you could do it. Like you could totally do it. It might start out little, it might start out, um, uh, it might grow into something different than you ever thought. You didn't think you'd ever want to own a spot, but that is so cool how, and like you said, you started with 15 pieces. Mm-hmm. And now you need a whole storefront and right. you can, and, and not just that you need it, you can stock it. Like yeah. that means you are making yes. money back to reinvest into your business. And that's amazing. And yeah. I think that's just such a good testament to how just start somewhere. Like you might be wanting to start. And it, like Sarah said, I mean, I had a similar feeling of like a store just felt so out of reach. It felt so big that I wasn't even you know, trying to get there. But now looking back, I just see how like each little step got you closer to that Mm -hmm. storefront. And so now it doesn't, then when you get up to that step, it doesn't feel as big and daunting because you've already gone through all the necessary steps to get there. And a storefront might not be somebody's end goal, but like just that step where you feel like that's so out of reach. I'm not even going to set that as a goal. Like you, it could, it could be for you. It could be. Um, And I, I wrote down when you were talking about imposter syndrome, because hello, we've all been there. We constantly are all there. Um, And I think about like, somebody is in the position you were two years ago, looking at you being like, that's what I need. Like they feel like imposter syndrome in like what you're doing, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but, but you're now somebody they look to of like, she's doing it. And then they feel like an imposter because they're not, you know, it sounds so weird to think that way because I struggle with it. I don't know if you guys struggle with it, but. Oh, all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's such a normal human experience too. Cause I Mm -hmm. don't think anyone like really knows what they're doing. (laughs) I think everything is just figure outable and you like, and I think we grew up in uh, a space uh, where you have to be humble, right? Like being humble is the right thing to do. And while absolutely like humility is a, a great thing to have at the same time, it's okay to say like, no, I can do this. Like, I am going to show up for this and I am going to be who I am. And that's going to, like, I know Miranda speaks to this all the time of like, that is going to speak to somebody, right? Like it might not be the audience over here that you want to reach, but you being you is going to reach somebody. And I think we don't have enough of like 
speak into that of like, no, it's okay to say like, I actually can really be good at this and I can do it and I can step into those shoes, you know? Yeah. I think like, I've learned to say, I'm good at this. Like I'm, if you, you know, if you need help, come, I will yeah. I'll help you. I'm yeah. You yeah. think you have a difficult body? Come in. I challenge accepted. Like yes. I can do it. I'm good at that. Yeah. Cause that's actually something you do. You offer personal like yep. styling and shopping. So I, which I think is so cool because, um, as w- women, sometimes shopping can feel really overwhelming and not knowing like what to pick or like what looks good on you or what goes together. So like, what is that like when someone can book an appointment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like, what do you do with them? So we talk about their goals. If they're wanting, you know, if, if, if they've changed sizes and just want to get a couple new pieces, or if they want some sort of capsule wardrobe for the season, um, we talk about what they're wanting to accentuate on their body, what they're comfortable with, what they're not. And then my favorite question is, can I take you out of your comfort zone? And I love that. um, Yeah. So I, a customer, it was not a private shopping, um, session, but she, a customer earlier this week came in and I, she was trying to find something for a girl's night out. And I was like, Nope, you need to do this and this. And, the, and she's like, no, 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 no. What'd you buy? <laughs> so if that's I, awesome. If I wanted to do that virtually, could I send you like a pic, a full body picture and you like send almost like a stitch fix situation where you tell me like, give me six pieces of options. And I'm like, Oh, send, I'll buy these four, send them to me. No, but I might need to talk about that idea with Miranda. Well, <laughs> I'm happy to be your, cool. I'm happy to be your first person. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. That is a really good idea. Um, Look at us. I will send you, I will send you a full body picture so that you can yeah, I would uh, size me. I mean, I'm sure it's easier in person, but you know, I'll try it. I know. I want to come do that. I got a gift card for my aunt for Christmas. (laughs) So I'll come in. Yeah. (laughs) So before we're going to wrap up, but before we go, I want to know, and this, this might, you might need a second to think about it, but what characteristic do you have now that you didn't have when you started? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a really good question. I guess my confidence, that's an, I mean, I feel like that's a, the easy button answering, but my confidence in decision-making probably. Um, And I think like my urge to want to give back has, I've always done that, but like, I really, really have done a lot of that. So I feel like those are the two big shifts. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're so grateful you came on and thank you for sharing your story and for just empowering people who might be at that hesitation part of their journey. Yeah. Just go for it. If you're thinking about it, go for it. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye, Sarah. Okay. So I absolutely loved that conversation with me too. That was Um, really good. Thank you for bringing her on. Yes. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Um, What, what was like your favorite part of that conversation? Like what stuck out to you? Oh gosh. There's, there's a lot I identify with Sarah because we did kind of like parallelly (laughs) uh, kind of start our businesses or at least um, 
just the track we were on. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun to have her to talk to about it, it but I really identify better. with the, um, just the imposter syndrome and kind of second guessing yourself that you know what you're doing, but then like each time you do make a decision, like how she mm-hmm. said that she really has gained a lot of confidence, each decision you make, the next one's less scary, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so I really identify it where things that really freaked me out two years ago now are just like, and you know, right. I just do. Right. And I feel like so much, I mean, even where I am at, I feel like I'm, and maybe you feel this way. Like I'm still a baby when it comes to brick and mortar, but obviously beautiful chaos shop. Like I feel decision-making for that. I feel much more like solidified in it's also my own. So I feel like it's just different, but in saying that I, I feel like it's very much what's the next right step. What's the next right. Yeah. Thing? And did you think of frozen when you said that? No, <laughs> it's a really no. good song. But now I, I can't listen Anna to that. Song. I don't listen to emotional songs. You know that. Oh, okay. okay. Um, But anyways, I also really identified with um, her starting off really small with those 15 pieces because I'm somebody who went into business not wanting to be in debt. And Mm -hmm. so for my business, like I just alone, some people choose to go that route and that's totally fine. But for me personally, that's not the route I went. And so, but what honestly astonishes me about her situation is like, I always had my husband's income to fall back on. She didn't. And I feel like that's just so empowering, Mm -hmm. um, impressive, but also like I give her so much credit because that's scary. Yeah. That takes the courage that you, you would only know if you were in that situation. So I really admire that too. Cause that's what, yeah, I, I mean, that takes a lot of guts and she Mm -hmm. did it. Like she did it. I think it also is a testament that it can be done and you can do it. And, and also why community is so important to Mm -hmm. lean into each other. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously loved hearing like how she involves her daughter, but like she went from a job where she was making again, she was just really secure in and like making plenty of money, but would knew she would have to travel and probably figure out way different logistics for her daughter, um, Mm -hmm. versus starting a business, maybe not having as much money, but, and I don't know, like maybe it's motherhood instinct, but like, if you're loving, if you're, if you're loving what you do, it probably makes it easier to grow. Yeah. Like I wonder really where, good she, point. where she'd be at, like if she was not liking her job and you know, like, mm. I feel like you're a better mom. You're able to be a better mom when you're filled up versus running on empty. And I'm wondering if she would have been running on empty staying in that job. I mean, who or knows? just like a no better work. human in general, like to love your life. Yeah. You know, what's the price? If you're making a ton of money doing something you hate, is that mm-hmm. worth it? Yeah. So yeah, lots yeah. of things to talk about with Sarah's I episode. I love yes. it. Well, we hope that something that she said inspired you or made you feel less alone because as you know, that's our trend here is we never want you to do small business alone. We're better together. 
Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.